I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the news du jour, a calmer space to consume the news. I hope everyone had a fantastic President's Day weekend, a long weekend. I know I did. I went to New Orleans and celebrated Mardi Gras, and this is something my husband and I do quite a bit, and we just love it. We do the gala and the whole nine yards, and this year I was able to bring some friends I don't get to see very often, so... We had a great time, and now it's time to get back to the news. So without further ado, I'm going to catch you guys up on everything that happened since our long weekend, and there's a lot to go over, so let's get to it. First up, we have three little mini stories here for you guys at the top. So first up, much of the United States is bracing for a big winter storm. Based on the imagery that was provided by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, basically the authority on this kind of thing, it looks like the majority of it is headed kind of diagonal over Nevada, Utah, Colorado, then on up to like Wyoming, Nebraska, the Dakotas, Minnesota, and even parts of Northern California and Oregon are also set to kind of get hit by the storm. So if you're in any of those areas or even the neighboring states, definitely tune in to your local weather weather channels in the coming days. So in our second mini story, I want to let you guys know that two of the flying objects that the U.S. shot down over the past couple weeks the ones over Lake Huron and Alaska, were unable to be found. So searches for these objects went on but have officially been called off because they just couldn't find any debris from them. So unfortunately, we're not going to get much information about what those objects really were doing. And for our last mini story, an alligator was just recovered in a lake in Brooklyn. Like, Brooklyn, New York, which further adds proof to the idea that there are indeed alligators and or crocodiles living in the New York City sewer system. You know, these were creatures that were likely pets and purchased when they were really little. But you know what? They get bigger, guys. And this has always been kind of an urban legend that there are these huge crocodiles and alligators that live in the New York City sewer system and live off of rats and fish and things like that. We go through all of the different sightings and rumors on our patrons special bonus episodes and that is available now on Patreon. So if you become a patron right now, you can go listen to that episode. But basically, we walk through all of the urban legends surrounding alligators and crocodiles in New York City. You can find that again on our Patreon. It's in our show notes, the link, but it's www.patreon.com forward slash sugar free media. So now on to our bigger stories for today. Former U.S. President Jimmy Carter begins hospice care. 
So Jimmy Carter at age 98 has decided to begin hospice care at his home in Georgia. He is currently the longest living president in American history. The Carter Center put out this statement on his health. Quote, After a series of short hospitals days, former U.S. President Jimmy Carter today decided to spend his remaining time at home with his family and receive hospice care instead of additional medical intervention. He has the full support of his family and his medical team. The Carter family asks for privacy during this time and is grateful for the concern shown by his many admirers, end quote. We are not currently sure what conditions he is suffering from, but in the past he has dealt with a melanoma that spread to both his brain and his liver, as well as some serious falls. But he's 98, you guys. He's lived a very full life. Rosalind Carter, his wife and the former first lady, is 95 herself. She and Jimmy Carter are famous for living in a very modest home, you know, estimated at about under $200,000 that they had built back in 1961 in the very small town of Plains, Georgia. This home that they built and shared will be where he lives out his final days. We'll keep you guys posted on his health. Next up for today, a Georgia grand jury recommended several indictments for Trump and his allies. So the forewoman has spoken, y'all, and she let us know that the grand jury in Georgia is recommending several indictments against former President Trump and those connected to him. And guys, I have to admit, I kind of love this forewoman. She said of the charges, quote, you're not going to be shocked. It's not rocket science. It won't be some giant plot twist, end quote. And when she was asked who would be receiving the indictments, she said, quote, well, it's not a short list, end quote, but explained that the judge decided to keep the exact names quiet for the time being. The case in Georgia, just to jog your memory, is about what when Trump kept calling the Georgia Secretary of State, demanding that he, quote unquote, find him 11,780 votes, the exact number he'd need to overturn that state's results. If you guys remember, Trump is currently swamped with legal troubles and serious ones, too. He is under investigation by the Justice Department's special counsel, Jack Smith, and the Manhattan DA's office is also looking into him paying hush money to a porn star back in 2016 during his presidential campaign. Those could very well lead to criminal charges. So at a minimum, the former president is very busy with all these ordeals, but at worst, he may be facing jail time when it's all said and done. Ultimately, the grand jury does not have the power to actually indict anyone, but they will make a recommendation to the DA, a woman named Fanny T. Willis, who has been spearheading this investigation from the beginning. She's the one who decided to investigate. So she makes the ultimate call. We will definitely keep you guys posted. And next up for today, we have to discuss Biden's surprise visit to Ukraine. 
So the Russians invaded Ukraine on February 24th, 2022. So we are right on the heels of the one year anniversary now, which is probably a big reason behind Biden's surprise visit. There had been these rumors swirling around Capitol Hill that the president planned to visit neighboring Poland, but he popped up in Kyiv, the capital of Ukraine, much to everyone's surprise. Journalists traveling with the president were literally sworn to secrecy and only two of them were allowed because his very life was at risk heading into an active war zone where Russia a decades-long foe, was fighting. No sitting U.S. president since Lincoln has been this close to active combat. All other presidential trips to war zones were in areas that were under our control when the tensions had lifted. So this is a very once-in-a-lifetime kind of visit. He accomplished this by traveling to Poland and then sneaking in into a train under the cover of darkness. And this train took him nine hours into the country of Ukraine and arrived in Kyiv shortly after sunrise. And he only stayed until about 1 or 2 p.m. in the afternoon. So it was a short visit. But guys, he took all the precautions to make this happen. Um, You know, they did things like the night before they left, He and his wife went out to dinner and had this kind of big night out where they went to mass and they went to dinner and they showed face thinking, you know, causing people to think, oh, they're just going to go to bed and crash. They even scheduled press briefings and things like that to get the press to think, oh, they're staying here in the U.S. So everyone's thinking, oh, he's just going to bed at the White House. And then around 4, 4.15 in the morning, he took a different airplane, not Air Force One, to Poland. So you know, they pulled out all the stops, make sure no one was the wiser. And they took a very small team. While he was there, he gave an impassioned speech, reaffirming our commitment to helping Ukraine. So it's not just for their sake, he emphasized, but for the safety of democracies all over the world. If Ukraine falls, that puts us all at risk. And trust me when I say Putin did not react kindly, y'all. He took Biden's secret visit and surprise speech as a complete affront to him. And news media in Russia were supposedly questioning whether a move like this should require some type of strike back in retaliation, some type of violence. But What Putin did do is pull out of a nuclear arms agreement with the U.S., which is certainly not ideal, but probably won't make much of a difference from a practical standpoint. But we'll definitely keep you guys posted as the war continues to unfold and as the one year anniversary arrives. Okay, and before we go for today, I do have one more story for you guys that I am totally heartbroken to have to relay, but yet another earthquake has hit Turkey. So before we go, I have to let you know that on Monday evening, yet another huge earthquake hit Turkey and it was a 6.8. It hit the same area and it knocked down buildings that had survived the first waves of earthquakes. Now, even more residents are trapped in the rubble. 
As you can imagine, the people there, you guys, are incredibly traumatized. People are too afraid to even go into buildings to pick up their belongings that they have left, scared that at any point another earthquake will happen. And you know what? I don't blame them. It sounds terrifying. It sounds like a lot of people are going to be moving away from these fault lines. Fox News shared, you know, sort of a drone footage that showed the fault line and you can physically see it from above the actual fault line. There's like a ditch basically where it is broken. And all of this is certainly tied into climate change because the reason earthquakes happen from climate change is because the ice melting in the glaciers and these big pieces of ice melting shift the earth's weight. So that's what causes earthquakes. I'm not an expert in this field, but I have researched it enough to know that those two things are related. So if you have any questions, definitely direct them towards us on social media or through our Patreon if you're a patron. And that for today, you guys, is the news du jour. Today, after a weekend at Mardi Gras, I have to leave you with a quote, let the good times roll. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review or shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us be able to keep creating the news du jour. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugarfreemedia. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram and just sugarfreemedia, all one word, on TikTok. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from... Oh. Oh.